Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome in to another edition of the show we currently call The Scoop Live. I'm Tommy Ashley. That, of course, is the reason I'm here, the reason you're here. Mr. Don Callahan with the legendary Inside Carolina sweatshirt on. Don, if you would model that sweatshirt for us, please. Absolutely. It says there is no off season, and here we are on April 26, talking about North Carolina football recruiting. That is a nonstop 12-month deal. Ton of information on Inside Carolina um, about portal movements in, out, um, out, and then back in. If you're Don Chapman, or, or excuse me, in and then back out. If you're Don Chapman, and just a lot of news going on on Inside Carolina on the basketball side, the football side. I've been covering some baseball. Baseball's in a critical time as well. Um, so check out Inside Carolina. Of course, Inside Carolina premium stuff. You'll know who Don Callahan is if you don't already. Don is Inside Carolina's football recruiting expert. And I would say probably, well, without question, the best North Carolina football recruiting expert. And without question, near the top of the list for college football recruiting in general. like that intro done i love it i love it i don't know if it's true but uh before we get into it i gotta apologize i am slightly slightly under the weather so i'm gonna be using the mute button here and there and drinking lots of water trying to fight this off as much as possible so but i'm i'm you know we're playing injured here you know gonna we're gonna fight through it though no excuses no excuses that's right and, and uh i don't want you to infect the mic but get the mic a little bit closer to you so we can hear that old Philadelphia accent. All right, here we shining go. Shining through. Don, let's get right into it. Uh, we talked about it last week. We did a couple of little shorts on YouTube. Uh, Pazanski and Patterson, most recent North Carolina commits, if my uh, math is correct. And look, I've never been a math major. Don't intend to. Um, Surprised it didn't get me kicked out of Carolina back in the day. But that is 11th and 12th commitments in North Carolina's 2024 recruiting class. Um, just sort of let, let's talk about those guys a little bit more. Tell us a little bit about the recruitment of Pazanski and Patterson briefly. And then I want to ask you a couple of questions about what needs they feel. So Pazanski's recruitment, looking back, really started in late January when Oklahoma and North Carolina offered he went on to take uh, take unofficial visits to both schools in March, returned to North Carolina for the spring game, and committed right after the spring game on the football field to Tim Cross. Patterson, somewhat similar, you know, his recruitment. You know, well, let me just set, take a step back. So um, Pazanski actually had a bunch of offers, was on a lot of schools' radars for a while. Patterson just started kind of popping on people's radars this offseason, mostly because he was a wide receiver for much of his career, moved to DB, and started to kind of thrive at that position while playing at one of the better high schools in the, in the Atlanta area, picked up a bunch of offers, 
in February um, and visited most of those schools in March. Also visited North Carolina where he was offered. And then he, he too returned to UNC for the spring game. He didn't commit during that visit. He left, talked to some more people, and then committed. But basically that last spring spring game visit for both of those kids resulted in commitments even though they both didn't announce it until like a week later because the way things have kind of happened with recruiting is one the kids like to kind of tell the other schools first and then more than anything else they're waiting for those uh commitment edits to be ready yeah and aside there how have uh editing and i need to get you um a silent um, text notification or at least get a cool one other than the bell it sounds like mario brothers um, hitting the rocks don how have the edit how has that edit process made your job harder if it has um i don't know if it's made it harder it's just changed it a little bit you don't because usually we would kind of prepare you know obviously we would get some sort of tips okay this kid is is kind of close to making a decision or you kind of get a feeling like, okay, this kid could potentially pop on the weekend. Now we're kind of finding that these announce, they're not announcing during the weekend. You're not announcing when they actually commit. It's give, so, so they're waiting for a specific day to announce their commitment. And that has is given us a little bit of time to kind of get everything in order so that we can properly announce, you know, um, or properly report their, their commitment. So it kind of sort of helps us in a way. The only thing is, is that, and I guess it doesn't happen nearly as much as, as you would think, you know, there is always the concern of these things kind of leaking out beforehand, you know, cause we get this information and it's the one thing I do like about this beat compared to a lot of other sports beats is that there, there is a respect for, the recruit and allowing them to announce it on their own time, give them the spotlight and that sort of thing. And that's great. Uh, but there is always the fear you have this information and you don't want to, it doesn't, I know it's kind of selfish, but I don't want to be appear to look like I have my pants down when in reality I've had this information, but I'm trying to respect kind of the process that the kid wants to take with everything. Yeah. And that's a big part of the trust, not only in football recruiting, but also basketball recruiting, especially during the transfer portal time frame and that's one thing about inside carolina and i'm not tooting a horn that folks don't already know there's plenty of information known well ahead of time uh, and it's held and reported on the player timeline for lack of a better way of putting it mm-hmm. just simply to respect their you know we always say respect my decision but to respect their decisions um and maybe to respect um you know the process and all that so don callahan covering that when he gets the news, we get it to you as soon as possible. And certainly that's on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board. Oh, I didn't mention earlier, but Johnny T-Shirt and Johnny T-Shirt sponsor this show. So you guys need to take care of them online if you can't get to Chapel Hill. Don, spinning off the recruitments of Pazanski and Patterson, let's sort of look at your – you did not do a weekly scoop this week. I did which, not. Which uh, was met roundly with booze on the message boards. <laughs> Um, and you're used to that, but you provided me with the elevator list. And folks, yes. if folks that are familiar with the scoop understand on the premium boards, understand elevator up and down players, their, uh, their recruitments, whether it's up for North Carolina, down for North Carolina. So let's sort of go into the ones you dropped to me um, today, this morning, as we were preparing this Brown Schuler, defensive lineman from Atlanta, Georgia, he leads your elevator scoop. <laughs> and it's a down arrow. Well, it's it's in alphabetical order, and his last name's Brown. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I <laughs> said also, no math and no alphabet. Come yeah, on, man. I was going to say, you're, it doesn't sound like you're pretty good with, uh, I don't even know, is that English? <laughs> I mean. No. Those hyphenated names kind of confuse me, right? I was thinking Heath Schuler when I saw it, to be honest. That's, that was the name I saw when you, when you posted that to me. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time since he was a recruit. Tell me, uh, he committed to Clemson, so he's uh-huh. off the board. Go on, let's go through it here individually. You provide as much as you can without violating premium scoop laws, uh, but it alphabetically go through it. What is important for North Carolina? What is not important for North Carolina here? 
Yeah, I mean, so yeah, you mentioned uh, Heaven Brown Schuler, four-star defense lineman from Atlanta, committed to Clemson. He visited North Carolina, I think, at least twice last summer. Came back for a game. You know, there was some. I I don't know. I never felt like North Carolina had great traction. He made he made a lot of visits a lot of different places, and I think those who follow that recruitment really closely always felt like he was going to end up in Clemson, and that's where he did. Um, you want me to just go? One by one down this list, I guess. Yep, and I'll pop it. I'll, I'll interrupt you with questions. All right, so I guess the the main one here, I think that would be the interesting topic. Ethan Callaway, in-state offensive lineman. He named a top eight. Georgia, Florida State, Tennessee, Florida, North Carolina, LSU, Auburn, and Penn State. For me, besides North Carolina being included, what surprised me the most was that NC State was not just because NC State was kind of on him before really anybody else. They were among the first schools to offer him, and he visited our bunch. So for for NC State not to be in there, that's pretty significant to me. I don't. I mean, North Carolina seemed to make some good progress when he visited for I think it was the April first, mm-hmm. a spring spring scrimmage. Uh, yeah, the, so UNC seemed like we ran a story, so check that out to kind of get you know you get his exact quotes or whatever. But I thought North Carolina made some good progress with it, but I still kind of feel like, and his offer list kind of suggests, or his I'm sorry, his top eight kind of suggests that you know this is a kid who definitely wants a quote unquote you know football school, national school. I mean Georgia, Florida State, Tennessee. Florida, LSU, Auburn, Penn State. I mean, these are all either SEC school. Well, yeah, SEC school schools that are known as football schools. And a lot of them are, you know, some level of playoff contender. Any you thoughts? Know, well, you know, it's funny. I mean, Lake Norman, there, there's quite a few. Uh, that can be a Carolina area there. Of course, mm-hmm. Lake Norman, where certain quarterbacks family may be living in that vicinity and all but when i'm looking at it here um you know here's my first thought when i see list especially big list is sherelle mcmillan on the basketball side don always talks about the list in the the list within the list Mm -hmm. english language is hard today uh does that apply really in football to you have you seen that where guys will list five seven eight schools um, like Callaway has, but in real, realistically, there's probably two or three or four, maybe. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, especially earlier on in the process, and especially when a kid comes out with like a top 12, you know, um, and so, but with Callaway, I believe he's made at least one visit and potentially multiple visits to the majority of these schools. So I don't know if I'm, I'm sure in his mind now he won't, he's really good about, or at least he'll tell you, you know, that things are pretty even and that sort of thing. But um, I, I tend to think that most kids, if they have a top eight, there is a list within it. I think it's hard to discern that from him just because he's visited all these schools. A lot of times they come out the top eight and I've only visited three or four of them or have visited three or four of them multiple times. I don't think that's the case with, with this recruitment. So when I look at Callaway, I see a 6'7", 300-pound guy, um, nationally top 200 kid, or right around the age, or right around that area, number four in North Carolina. Don, he projects, he's listed as a four-star. Um, this is the type, and Randy Clements is on him. I feel like this is the type offensive line recruitments that North Carolina needs to figure out how to win. How realistic is it? for guys from that area of the state to battle uh, for North Carolina to battle all the big boys in that. I mean, you got to take a case by case situation, to be honest. And I think with this recruitment in general, the first, the first stage is to get onto this list, which North Carolina has done and not to beat down NC state, but NC state didn't, you know, and North Carolina is the only in-state school, only school in the Carolinas that made it, you know, a lot of these schools are, outside of, you know, decent driving range. But anyway, um, and so the next step is to get one of those official visits. Now, this is where that rule we talked about, I guess it was last week, that that the NCAA passed kind of just screws everything up for us. But 
if his intentions are, and that's as far as I know, the last time I talked to him, this was his intention to commit during the summer. He won't get those additional official visits until the fall. So for all intents and purposes, he's going to have five official visits that he's going to take in June. North Carolina's goal next is to secure one of those five official visits. <clears throat> and um, and if he throws out the whole, they're close by, I can get there whenever I want. I don't need an official visit. I've never found that to be a good sign for any of the local schools, just because one of the things, you know, there's not a whole lot that we can lean on when, we, when we're trying to, to predict where these kids are leaning. But I, I think I've mentioned it to you before. There's only been two situations that, that I know of other than that COVID year, the COVID class, that um, a kid assigned with North Carolina and did not, I'm sorry, the kid did not officially visit North Carolina and, and, and signed with North Carolina. Chaz Surratt and Devon Simmons, the only two examples in my 20 years of, of covering it. So obviously, if a kid doesn't officially visit North Carolina, it, it's it's a good bet that they're, they're not going to end up at UNC. So that that's the next goal for North Carolina is, is to get one of those five official visits. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've seen Armando Baycott say, don't visit North Carolina if you don't want to commit. It doesn't work that way as well with the football side of it. But, yes, to Don's point there, they've – you got to have them officially visit. You got to get them on campus. You got to get them um, all the bells and whistles that come with an official visit. You've got Cameron Courtney on there, Virginia guy. He's scheduled a North Carolina official visit. That's a good thing per what mm -hmm. you were just talking about. Yeah, He's out of uh, Woodbridge, Virginia. And, and then looking down the list, Caden Jones from Christ School, Alabama. Cole Mullins from Mill Creek, Patterson's High School, correct? Yes. And, and, and um, Aiden Banfield's high school. Yep, commits to Notre Dame. You got Patterson and Pazanski on there. Uh, Mr. Sanders from Bergen Catholic, another guy with an official visit. Mm -hmm. And then Curtis Simpson out of Kings Mountain. On the recruiting side of it, you talked about the COVID class and all. I, I kind of want to spin off the elevator. And again, folks, if you're looking for the weekly scoop, it's not going to be there. So this is your weekly scoop. Keep um, rubbing that in. Yeah, so check it out. Don, you know, Don's, you know, sometimes you got to have a, a week off. And, and those scoops, for folks that don't understand, Don, how, how long do you spend putting together a scoop? Serious question. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's, a, it's a lot. I actually start, I'm actually already have started next week's scoop. Now, the meat of it, I'm going to write over the weekend and on Monday, particularly Monday night, one of you know, I take my daughter. Usually Monday night, she um, has a two-hour workout. I go to the gym with her, and I just I have my little corner. I sit in, plug my laptop in, and I'm I'm working on the scoop for about two hours on Monday night, and then obviously Tuesday. So um, yeah, I mean, there's I, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of time that is spent on it. it's multiple days, and it's something that definitely gets started a week prior to its actual posting. Yeah, and phone calls and research yeah. and yes. interviews and all. So, I mean, the weekly scoop is a weekly for a reason because it takes that long to put it together. And then never mind all the articles. You've got articles on the site, but Jordan Ship and other guys that are visiting or Carolina's moved up that elevator or down that elevator. It's just a non-ending thing for Don, and that's why Sweatshirt says it all. There is no off-season. Uh, Don, let's turn to – you mentioned something, and, and I've been wanting to ask you this question, and maybe we've talked about it. I'm not sure if you and your former life talked about it on the other show, but – Wife or life? Both. Um, former thing. life, because this is a new life. We, yeah, are, we, life are re we are reborn here. We are. And um, just folks listening in the name request, I love the name request. I've got um, – a couple in mind and neither one of them include the word scoop so look for somebody to come out of the box with a new hat um, and it might not be scoop but anyway covid class how much of the covid class in your mind a has led to just the nature of it misevaluations on kids because it was near impossible to do so and also has how much of that has led to the transfer portal chaos that we see these days is so, it all of it or most of it or well, none so of it? so what do what do we consider the COVID class because 
obviously it happened you know 2020 was the main part of COVID, i would say um and so that would be the 2021 class but a lot of those guys those evaluations were kind of done the prior season where it was where you know there was no restrictions but then you look at the 2022 class which for um for at least in-state kids their season was delayed until the spring they also in-person stuff was not allowed until what it was at june so they delayed some things so i feel like it probably i mean it impacted both classes but probably hurt the 2022 class more than the 2021 class what do you think so, well i i don't disagree with you but when is the so for guys so for high school football players when is the prime time for them in the evaluation process? Is it summer before junior season, junior season, and then that summer before senior season? That's the prime. If you're going to get noticed, if you're going to get a scholarship offer, that's where it comes from mostly. Would you agree with that? I, if I had to pick one, I would say your junior season. And so, Jun- yeah, so your junior season. <clears throat> and so the – um you know, that we do have a winter evaluation period, which doesn't get talked about a whole lot, but that's when a lot of those offers are being extended. And then, you know, the visits in, in January and March are pretty big too. So I would say that junior season, but I think that the summer prior to that, prior to junior season really kind of helps some guys who have a little bit of buzz kind of further cement themselves on the map. But the way that the calendar is now, that summer prior to your senior season, which 10, 15 years ago was a big deal, no longer is when colleges are trying to evaluate the sen- that, that senior class, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you're dealing with COVID, those kids that were juniors, when those seasons were either shut down or moved to the spring, um, you get guys that are – that have gotten scholarships that might not ordinarily have gotten scholarships and vice versa into schools, into colleges. And then you add in this transfer portal deal. Yeah. And we've certainly seen well, that, how it affects North Carolina. Well, that's the other thing is, is like, how do we, it's so hard to say this is being impacted by COVID because we actually have thrown a lot into recruiting. You, you mentioned the transfer portal, you mentioned the NIL stuff all of this like so it, it's hard because how do you separate everything out to determine this is what's impacting things and the other thing is 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 let's say it is the 2021 class those guys are what um i guess they would be players this year yeah so i don't think we've had enough time to i mean i mean drake may was part of that 2021 class I mean, let's let's just go through it real quick. Let me get Drake right. real quick. The twenty twenty one class, in order of of composite ranking, is Keyshawn Silver, Drake May, Ra Ra Dilworth, Power Eccles, Javari Ritzy, DeAndre Boykins, Gavin Blackwell, Gabe Stevens, Eli Sutton, Camaro Edmonds, Dontavius Nash, Bryson Nesbitt, JJ Jones, Kobe Pesor, Dante Belfour, Diego Pounds, Tamir Brown, Caleb Hood. Travion Stevenson. And so really, I mean, I'm looking at this, a lot of starters, a lot of guys who have played a good amount of time. Yes, there are some guys, like Keyshawn Silver so far has been a complete bust, had to leave. Robert Dilworth, I think, was more of a fact of the change in in, in um, defensive scheme and, and defensive coordinator. Same thing with Gabe Stevens, you know, changing. You know, those guys, I think, fit better for, for Bateman not so much for um, Gene Chizik. You know, Eccles, the multi-year starter. Ritzy has been playing since since day one. Blackwell is is involved in the offense heavily. You know, I mean, there's some transfer outs for sure. Nesbitt, another guy, big time. So let me uh, let me get your thoughts on that, and then I'll and then I'll read off the 2022 class. Well, you know, I think you know when I and I'm sitting here trying to justify the portal as misevaluations but when I listen to that class and the names you ring out I I'm that's pretty solid. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid production on what they acquired and the attrition from it. Um Balfour, 
um, Tamir Brown, Silver, and Rara are. It's not much like it's not much different than any other class, right? Read out the next year. All right. So, well, let me just one more thing. So, let me just go by. I'm going to list the four or five stars who for what didn't pan out. Okay, Silver, Rara Dilworth, Gabe Stevens. Eli Sutton, I know he's still on roster. Camaro Edmonds, Dontavious Nash, and that's really it. You know, the rest of these guys, and the, so, I mean, and, and the further I go down the list, the further more likely, which is, you know, the whole stars don't matter thing kind of goes out the window when you're looking at this. I mean, yes, there are busts that are four stars, but they're, less, they're a lot less likely the further you go down. And I'm, let, me, let me push on you just a little bit. Okay. I don't know if bust at this point is a fair term simply because you're, you're probably the right. guys we yes. talk, the guys we talk, like, let's be honest, COVID and the effects of COVID, not just on the football field, but in life affected a guy like silver, yes. unlike, well, you know, like anybody else. And that's just the reality of the situation. But also there's still, they're still able to have opportunities to like Gabe Stevens. I, who knows what he'll do silver, who knows what he's going to do it at, at Kentucky. Um, but those guys still have opportunities. They certainly didn't perform up to their star ranking or whatever at North Carolina for whatever. Yeah. Reason. Yeah. Uh, using the term bus is not fair. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm just trying to differentiate the guys who have already kind of shined and the guys who have yet to shine is probably a bitter use because i i hope you, you mentioned the whole covid effects i talked to silver a lot during his recruitment and it definitely impacted him he did not have access to things and he put on a lot of weight and he will i mean he told me that you know he's sitting in the house by himself all day long and lots of food and that's what he did and he tried to exercise and all that but a lot of things were closed for him he didn't have the opportunities a lot of other kids had now you look at the opposite and this is the next class, but Bo Atkinson, you know, him and his family will tell you, hey, it was the best thing that happened because Bo used that all that extra free time to really kind of bulk up and work on his craft. And that helped him put put him on North Carolina's radar. But yes, I mean, there are a lot of kids that ended up in Silver's category also. Yeah, and, and let's make no mistake. My point of the whole thing is, is that you still have choices to make, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, you can make the most of it. Uh, we, Greg and I, Greg Barnes and I talked to Anson Dorrance. And if folks are listening to this and hadn't listened to Anson Dorrance interview, at least part one of it, go check it out. Great players don't make excuses. Great players have a different level of drive, no matter the circumstances. So there's a lot played into it. Um, but I, but I still think I go back to what I said just a second ago is that they still have opportunities to come through and, live up to their, whatever their ranking was, it's just going to be somewhere else for, yeah. for those guys we're talking about. And, and then when you, when you talk about the next class out, you mentioned Bo Atkinson. I mean, dude's different. He's cut from a different cloth mentally and physically, and he sort of flipped the negative into a positive. And, yeah. you know, that's a great personality to have. Not a ton of people have it, um, but for but, a young but football I think, player. Though, I mean, he had, you know, I know his family. I don't know exactly their situation, but I, I feel like he had a lot of resources that a guy like Keyshawn Silver did not have access to. All right. You know, he's Absolutely. In, he's in North Raleigh. Family seems well off. Keyshawn Silver is in Rocky Mount. I, you know, I think in a rough scenario in general, you know, um, I don't know specifics. I don't want to speak too much on it, but I just don't think the resources were there. I know that, you know, he was having a hard time finding gyms open and all that, where Atkinson, I think, was had all access to weights and stuff like that from his garage or so, something along those lines. Or had a friend, I think it was, that that had like a weight room in his garage or whatever. Yeah. But do you want to go on to the next one? We read off the next class real quick. Yeah, go ahead and do it. And I, before you do that, I will say, so folks need to be careful of labeling, and I'm soapboxing a little bit, but labeling situations Um based on any norms that you may accept as um, reality. And, and so anyway, I say all that to say this, Don. Go on to the next class. Let's discuss it before we take a break. Okay. All right. Zach Rice, 
Travis Shaw, Andre Green, George Petaway, Omarion Hampton, Sebastian Cheeks, Tayshawn Chapman, Malachi Hamrick, Tyon Holloway, Bo Atkinson, Bryce, uh, Bryson Jennings, Marcus Allen, Will Hardy, Travion Green, Deuce Caldwell, Connor Harrell, Justin Kanyuk, and that is it. So I think I heard one name on there that's not – maybe I missed it, but those guys are still in line to have – to live up to whatever – their yeah. situation was. And those guys are going to be big names. Bryson Jennings, I think you said. And he's, yeah, he's, he was the one that transferred out up. recently. Yeah. So they, those guys, it didn't, it doesn't seem like it affected them. Now, level of competition in high school and all that good stuff may be a different animal. But as far as the, the effect of COVID, I don't think just from listening to you read out the names and then comparing that to what I've seen so far, I don't think those, a ton of negative impact on that class. No, but I think that they've also, in a year, if we revisit this, I'm sure that some of these names, I don't know who, will no longer be on roster for whatever reason. Um, right. I mean, the guys who are actual starters from this group, I guess we could say Hampton. Um, beyond that, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, Marcus Allen started – and, and Will Hardy played a ton. And I think he started some games, but that was really it. I mean, a lot of contributors, though, for sure. But definitely still, yeah. I mean, there's still a lot here, but I wouldn't surprise if some of these guys don't don't see the amount of playing time that they want, that, that you know, we're talking about a couple of these guys being out. Yep. So it'll be interesting. Absolutely. Let me take a second and talk about uh, Johnny T-shirt. I almost said Jimmy T-shirt. Johnny T-shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com. I say it all the time, and it's ingrained in my brain. It needs to be ingrained in your shopping for North Carolina gear. Check them out online at the .com or check them out on East Franklin Street. They're great folks to deal with. Great to visit. Walk in there. It's like you know, memorabilia place. You got everything you could possibly want in store. And they're also great folks, alumni-owned and operated um, and they got the baseball stuff. They've got the soccer stuff. They've got women's soccer kid jerseys, I believe, in there. And like Sean Crowley, shout out to Sean, mentioned, um, if you like women's soccer or have any inclination to talk about it or listen about it, check out Anson Dorrance, Next Level, we had. Uh, but Johnny T-Shirt's our sponsor. They're your friend. You get 10% off if you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. A couple more things. Like this podcast or like this show on YouTube. And also subscribe to YouTube if you haven't. Uh, the Inside Carolina YouTube channel is now up over 18,000, and we need to keep pushing it. The goal is to get it to 20,000 before the season starts, and I hope that that is a low estimate. Um, but 18,000, shout out to all the work Gregory Hall did before, John Bowman's doing now, and the rest of the Inside Carolina crew to build that. And I'm rambling on because Mr. Don Callahan is fighting – a cold or some sort of sickness. I'm fighting, a cat, not... I'm fighting a cold and my cat who's trying to mess with my cords. Oh, well. I don't um, want to get disconnected in the middle of. Well, if we see like the Christmas tree catch on fire and the yeah. cat get roasted, uh, we'll know from there. But, but Don, sort of looking at, um, you know, we've talked about the, the ma roster management and all that. I'm going to take a question from the chat. Okay. Gary Lewis asked, let me see if I can pull it up here. I thought I saw there's a lot of good questions in there. Yeah, and Gary, and this is something that I, I know, you know, it's always you always defer team stuff to the beat writers. But do do you think you know it was interesting? Don Chapman entered the portal, and then Jacarius Conley enters the portal, and then Don Chapman comes out of it. Don't know if that's related. That's above my pay grade. We'll talk to the beat writers tonight on on the beat live at nine o'clock. Um, but do you? anticipate and we talked about it last week with max comments but do you anticipate north carolina actively recruiting the portal this summer um for help in 2023 yeah no they they are definitely looking at the portal i think that what we have found now and then with the prior window and even before that for north carolina because of the academic obstacles that exist and because Mac Brown doesn't want to bring in guys just for depth purposes, want to bring in guys who are going to either become starters or at least compete for playing time, that 
their pool of potential targets isn't as big as you might think. And so you can't just say, I need a right guard, go in the portal and pull out a right guard. You have to, you're almost at the mercy of what's in there. And so at the last time I checked, there were definitely some guys that North Carolina has been in communication with. You know, there's a lot of due diligence that's done before things progress with with a um, target. And as far as I know, at last check, UNC hasn't gotten to a level of where they're seriously recruiting anyone. But there's definitely some, I guess, some, you know, fielders out there for sure. Do me a favor and do our listeners a favor. Describe the due diligence that's done by this staff on high school guys. So obviously they're monitoring the portal. So once a name comes in there, they're immediately watching film. They have immediate access to all this, all, all the film. They are, um, you know, if, if, if they, if someone knows someone on that staff that, that that kid was playing on, they'll reach out to them. What's the background? Why are they leaving? That sort of thing. Um, yeah. They will and, also, and, you, and you're talking about, I, I said high school guys and I meant portal guys, but yes, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm talking, that, that was your question. Portal guys, right? Yeah. Well, it, I didn't say portal, but I meant portal, but yeah, okay. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So let's say a kid from Georgia, cause a lot of kids from Georgia have, have ended up in the portal, ends up in the portal, North Carolina watches film, looks good, that sort of thing. You know, I'm sure they, someone on North Carolina staff knows someone at Georgia. They'll reach out. What's the deal here? Why is he leaving? You know, what's the situation? Tell me about him, that sort of thing. They'll also talk to the recruit. So that's why a lot of times you'll say, this kid will say, well, I've heard from this school, this school, this school, North Carolina, and it hasn't gone anywhere. And because the initial contact typically is kind of, can you hear the cat? Absolutely. Oh boy. Um, he is, a pain. <laughs> he is such a pain. Um, is that the red one? Well, they're both orange, but yeah. Well, I call them red, but those are the coolest ones. Tomcats. He is Go ahead. so bad. But anyway, so, um, reaching out and talking to the recruit is part of the, that due diligence, trying to see just where their mind's at, what they're looking for, that sort of thing. And then, you know, just kind of, you, you obviously have to check the, the, the academic stuff. You know, that's a big part of it too. Getting a hold of the transcripts, sending it through the admissions department, seeing, you know, are they going to have enough hours to come in or do, or is there the major that's available? That sort of thing. All the craziness that goes into an actual transfer because they're, unless things have changed, they are basically under the same rules of, you know, a typical transfer student. Yeah. So there's, a, there's a lot involved that, that obviously has to occur within a short period of time and how quickly things need to happen kind of depends on just how coveted that recruit is. Yeah. I mean, and there, there are challenges in there. Like mm-hmm. we, mentioned, we mentioned all of that plus NIL and all that, mm-hmm. but you know, and they've referred to it as speed dating because guys get in the portal and, you know, especially this time of year, you're getting in the portal um, wherever you are now, you're still in class. Um, they're, Carolina's transfer guys are still in class for the most yeah. part, um, including some that trans, that got in the portal earlier. They got to get in the portal, finish up classes, and then they want to get on to where they're going. And the same with North Carolina bringing them in. They want to get them in first semester summer school or as soon as possible to get them ingrained in the culture, ingrained in, in the program, and then on the depth chart. Because like you mentioned, um, they don't want to recruit bodies I yeah mean, they need they need depth in football you need depth in basketball of course but they they need guys that can produce uh let me see if there's some other questions in here good gracious man i'm a dog person i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> my dog had his 12th birthday a couple of days ago and he is uh tell him i said happy birthday i will do it but he has very little gray right the neighbor's dog is like 10 and he looks like an old snowman my dog is black lab and he has very little gray in his mm. beard and uh, it's pretty impressive. He, uh, I wish he would have given me some of that. So if you let your locks grow, how much gray would there be? What's the percentage here or on my head? On Cause I head. don't know what would grow. Um, would anything grow in the, on your head? If you tried 
It would. It would look not good. I ought to do it. I want to be the leatherback guy at the beach. Um, okay. Maybe I'll do that for you one day, and I'll grow it all out. And okay. Have one of those hats. But it would be mostly gray these days, and it used to be like white blonde. I'm I'm very jealous of people with, with hair. Let me ask you this question. John Last Grady. Interesting last name, if that is in fact it. How many DL are is North Carolina looking to take in the 2024 class? Not talking about Jack, talking about defensive linemen, tackles, yeah. ends, power ends. So I think so a lot of these things are very fluid which is why I don't like to throw out exact numbers because then when things go under or over, then people are like, but you said, so very, very fluid. I think from what I gather, North, you know, obviously we got Pizansky committed. You got Janai Norwood committed. I think North Carolina would like to take at least one more, whether they take a fourth will depend on just kind of what's out there, what's available and what's kind of transpiring on their roster. So it's always, yeah, when this is what's always good to me, good to hear from you is you say, I don't want to get pigeonholed into a number because it is fluid. It could yeah. literally change tomorrow, especially with the transfer portal, as we've seen how it happens. You know, here today, you don't have a need for such and such position. Well, tomorrow yeah. you might. And uh, it's an interesting takeaway. Shout or, out to Patrick Sotis and all those guys. Yeah, decisions change. You know, last last class was a good example where North Carolina wanted I can't God, I can't remember how many. I remember they wanted a, a solid number of offensive linemen. And then when some of their options kind of dwindled, they were like, you know what? Let's save these spots. Let's use them in the portal, sort of thing. Just because they had evaluated their roster and felt like it'd be better to go portal for those positions. Yeah, absolutely. So let me throw up a question here. And this is something I don't know if we can answer, but you may be able to. Tyler Woods, without getting too specifics, are academic concerns hurting the 2024 class with some of the top in-state targets? Did things get more strict? How do academics play um, in, in your coverage of this stuff? And I don't want to get too specific, um, but in your coverage of this stuff, is it accurate that it's more difficult to get in North Carolina or not? Then very, years, very general then years past, from my understanding, no. But there are guys like Terrell Anderson, wide receiver from Grimsley. North Carolina has kind of stopped recruiting him, even though they've offered him during the season because of his academic situation. There's other recruits UNC has offered that UNC stopped recruiting because of their academic situation. And basically, you know, you have the NCAA clearinghouse or what's it called now? The eligibility center. They have their requirements. North Carolina does have requirements that are higher than that. There is, there is some wiggle room that they have. They have some ex exceptions and that sort of thing. But these exceptions are only going to be used on guys who are like, you know, four-star, five-star quality sort of guys. You know, um, and there's a lot of schools who don't have those extra requirements that North Carolina has. And there's actually schools that have higher than North Carolina. You know, you know, I know people don't want to hear this, but Duke, for example, it's 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 harder to get a football recruit into Duke than it is to get into North Carolina. And there's some others that 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 are similar to that too. Yep. It is all relative. Brett Weeks asks, should UNC fans be worried about not getting top tier talent or just don't get caught up in the stars? Therein lies the $64,000 question, Don, that you have to answer. Yeah, so stars definitely matter. I'm not going to say that they don't matter. Can you win without the stars? Can you compete for ACC championships without the stars? Sure, absolutely. I mean, Wake Forest, if you really look back in the last 20 years, Wake Forest has put together some really good football teams with different coaches. They, they aren't – I don't – I don't know if I, I have never researched Wake Forest's uh, rankings, but I would guess they have never landed in the top 25 of any class. But yet you look at Wake, what Wake Forest has done. They have played for, for, yeah, they played for the ACC championship, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And they have, they won uh, it, didn't they? Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I feel like, yeah. And I try so, to forget those things, but yeah. 
Um, <laughs> they've had some good programs and they've done it with three-star guys. So it definitely can be done. Obviously they're doing extra, um, they're relying a lot on their evaluations because they're taking guys that basically other power five schools don't want. There's other examples of programs that win. Now, are you going to win the national championship? No. But I mean, I think if we're being honest, we got to, we got to crawl before we walk sort of thing. And North Carolina has to be a regular, regular contender for the ACC championship before we're talking about that. So I think, you know, if you're getting high three-star guys, I don't think it's the end of the world, as long as those evaluations match up. Because really, the way the high three-star is supposed to translate, and this is not 100%, but this is supposed to translate. It's supposed to translate into all ACC caliber players. If you if you added a bunch of all ACC caliber players to your roster, then yeah, you're going to win a good amount of games, and, you're, and you have the potential to compete for the ACC championship. It's just going beyond that. It's going to be a little bit dip, more difficult. Yeah, and, and Wake Forest won in 2006, played in 2007 Orange Bowl. Uh, Carlton Vanaway on the message board or on but the chat. But even more recently, while they haven't necessarily played for, they've had some really good programs. Yeah, and, and they're always pretty decent program. Yeah. Ab- above, you know, a little bit above average in the ACC. And they're obviously a pain to play against for many of the ACC teams, North Carolina included. Yeah. Couple more questions, and I was trying to think of some. I was waiting for the chat to pop with some good ones. But let me ask you this: We had a debate in the baseball press box about baseball movies, and I even got Coach Forbes, Scott Forbes, to chime in on his. Give me the best. While while I'm going to give somebody the opportunity to get one more question in before we get out of here, give me the best football movie, Don. Your best football movie. My best football movie. Wow, that's and, a great and question. And if you say Rudy or some mess like that, I'm <laughs> deleting, deleting the podcast. Oh man, I don't even know. Um, they're all kind of cheesy to me. You know, I mean, I'm trying to think what would be a good one. You know, um, any given Sunday is pretty good. Or what about Brian Song? I guess you want to get sappy. Oh yeah. That, but that probably falls into the to the Rudy category. Uh, what you said? Wait, you said football movies, right? Not sports. Yeah, we can do sports, but I figured since this is well, if we're doing sports, we got to do Rocky, right? Oh Lordy mercy! <laughs> I suppose so. Well, no, we'll go football. Give me a football movie. Come on, man! Quick, <sighs> name some football movies. I don't know. Any given Sunday. It's all right. You didn't like that movie? Um, mm. come on, man! You're the expert. Um, I just don't. I just can't think of any. You know, we're, little we're giants. Gonna, here, here's what we remember the Titans, probably top of the list. Okay, Close yeah, right, the remember list. Titans, good movie. Yeah, there, there's so many great okay. quotes out of that. I would go number one with that one until I can hear another one that I forgot about. The what program, else? I remember that. Somebody mentioned the program in the chat. So, here's what we're going to do I'm on the thread on the message board. Folks, chime in with your um, top movies, top football movies, and we're going to have a list next week of our top. Of the board's top football movies, Friday Night Lights is top good, five. but like, like the yeah top five. But the edited version, isn't Friday Night Lights the one where they lay down in the middle of the road and, and uh, did that stupid? Wasn't that deal? um, wasn't that the one um that was? I don't think that's Friday Night Lights. I think that was um, was it? And then they edited it out later. I can't remember. Anyway, I'm showing my age. Not um, not because it was a long the time one ago. With, um, the guy remember. from Dawson's Creek and he. Th- through the football, the one time he, he had accuracy, and the one time he you mentioned in that Dawson's Creek is so perfect with the cat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the program. Gina Vaughn said where they lay down in the road. Is I that think. the program? Okay. Anyway, a um, lot of good stuff. A lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff we have talked about. So but top five football movies. Is that what we're top doing? Five, yep. Top five football movies for next week's show. Chime in on the message boards. You can hit up at Twitter, however you want to get it to us. Get them on there. And also, I'm going to have a decision, or we're going to have a decision on the name of this show come next week. I'm leaning towards Noon Dish. Shout out to who uh, brought it to my attention. That's the one I'm leaning towards. Tell me why it shouldn't be Noon Dish. Don, you have a choice. Um, We'll go through the list at some point. But next week, we're going to unveil the real name, unveil who gets the Inside Carolina hat if that's even a thing. Might let Don sign it and ruin it. Um, 
but we will <laughs> we're gonna get out of here now. Anything left on on the scoop live for this Is there week? Any April other... 26th questions in here that we want to answer real quickly like quick hitters uh let's see can you name 10 tcu horn frogs from the championship game i can't even name the quarterback's name did, the they, did tcu even score 10 points yeah really i, I actually you know i don't i don't want to bring this up because i don't want you to get you know um jealous but i actually went to ross martin's house for that you went to Ross's house. I've never been to Ross's house. I asked him where he lived. He wouldn't tell me. <laughs> Which, you know. John Bowman was there also. And there's a couple other people. And, uh, yeah, thankfully, the, the score made it easy for me to leave at halftime. <laughs> he gave you your out. Yeah. Immediately. I mean, that was ugly. That is hilarious. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. That that was um, a, a beatdown of effort proportion. I guess the question is, would you want to play in that game and get smoked or never play in that game? For me, as a as a somebody that watches a team or whatever, I'd rather lose like that than have never played in it before. Kind of like yeah. the love. Rather love and lost than never love before. Yeah. Well, especially for you, because you're a big traveler. So you would go down to where was that? That was in that was in California somewhere, right? Oh, yeah, like San Diego so. or something like that. I would uh I would 100% want to be in it. Yeah, so you would go and that would be a big part of the experience for you. So that would make sense on why you would want to be in it. You know, I don't know. I I think I would rather playing it and get blown out. But, you know, that's another question for the chat. Hit us up in the message boards. What's so irritating was that Ohio I mean, Ohio State they would have made a freaking field goal, they would have been in it. Oh, yeah. And Michigan just completely crapped the bed. But yeah. That's how it works. That is how, how it works. works. That's how college football works. Um, I often talk about how many times has a player transferred out of North Carolina and so done So there was something. actually, let me just throw this out there real quick. So right before that, I was at a family member's house, and they had a pool outside. And there was basically a bet. And one person was going to jump in if, it, if that field goal was missed. The other person was going to jump in if that field goal was made. I had to jump in the cold water. Nice. Well, I can tell you what, a cold order is no fun. I found That's that right. out um, at the Carolina Notre Dame game. The St. Joseph River in South Bend is cold in November. That's a <laughs> that's a no, another story to tell for another day. It's been the Scoop Live next week. New name next week. More Don Callahan next week. Top five football movies. We need folks to come through. Um, I might even watch them and give a breakdown. I've seen most of them, but I have to re-watch them. But we will be back next week, Wednesday at noon. I'll probably be at the beach. So you ask about the gray hair, Don. There's probably going to be a lot of tan going on uh -oh. here. And also to be looking good. And to Preston, we will change clothes when we do um, podcasts. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm retired. I, I don't change own, much. I only own like three shirts. So. <laughs> yeah, really? I got two T-shirts and a couple sweatshirts and a couple pairs of shorts. Yeah. And even less underwear. So that's Don Callahan. I'm Tommy Ashley. It's been The Scoop Live. Shout out to everybody that's been here, uh, the regulars and the newbies. Like, review, rate us, all that good stuff, and check us out on InsideCarolina.com. Thank you, Don. We'll see you next week. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.